It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Ryder. It's Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Well, yesterday we heard the first in a two-part series on tugboats on the river and at sea. There was so much to talk about that I decided to do a second episode about them. Tugs are so vital to river commerce. Ships could not do their work without them. And they are amazing vessels. To my way of thinking, they are the maritime essence of the saying, big things come in small packages. And while some tugs are large, they're still much smaller than cargo ships. That makes them more maneuverable, and with large, powerful engines, they're tough and resilient and really unbeatable for the kind of work they do. On the river here, we see tugs hauling and pushing logs, agricultural products, crushed limestone, equipment, and much more. Tugs and barges are the most economical form of transportation for getting cargo from one place to another. Much of the raw materials cargo that we see exported out of upriver ports on the Columbia River came to these ports via inland tug and barge traffic on the Columbia-Snake River system, which allows tugs and barges to go as far inland as Lewiston, Idaho. Especially on inland parts of the Columbia, it's customary to see a towboat pushing several barges at once one behind the other, kind of like a semi-truck moving more than one trailer. They go through locks and dams in this way, and that is a pretty amazing example of vessel handling. Let's go back to our original list of the different types of tugs. We've talked about the river tugs that move cargo from one place to another, but that's not all that tugs do. There are seagoing tugs, also known as deep sea tugs or ocean tugboats, and harbor tugboats, generally smaller compared to seagoing tugboats. Now, seagoing tugs are powerful and quite large. You might even say that they're like ships. They can handle rough sea conditions and even travel across oceans. Some do salvage work, like rescuing vessels in trouble, by using their powerful engines to pull grounded vessels out of shallow water. There are ATB tugs, ones that are designed to work with the tug and barge attached together instead of one pushing or towing the other. In the case of an ATB, the tug and barge are attached with a huge hydraulic pin assembly that they can detach at the dock. When an ATB is passing by, it can look like a ship. And so you look closely and realize there is actually a tug at the stern of that unit there. They travel in the ocean frequently here and are part of what's called the coast-wise trade of vessels moving cargo up and down the west coast. Then there are the harbor tugs, sometimes called tractor tugs, and they are really impressive as well. These are relatively small, highly powered boats with big engines that assist ships in docking and leaving the dock or the anchorage. Harbor tugs help ships turn around, usually with multiple tugs pushing on the stern and the bow of the ship to help it turn around in a confined space. I've watched this procedure several times, and it's Quite impressive to watch, especially when the ships are working with heavy current, like you you can get here on the Columbia and also in other places in the Pacific Northwest. Now, these kinds of tugs, these tractor tugs as they're called, also can be used to help hold vessels in place to counteract waves and current or wind. They can help stop a vessel, act as a brake. They can help steer it. You sometimes see tugs behind big container ships as they come into port. The tug can use its engines to slow down the big ship. That's how powerful they are as it nears the dock. So they help big ships maneuver safely in port because those uh, ships are really designed to maneuver in broad strokes, so to speak, at sea. 
when they get into the confined space of a harbor or a dock area, they really do need some help with that. So I want to share a story about a time that I was on a ship in British Columbia waters when the Canadian pilot and two tugboats were helping to dock an 800-foot-long bulk carrier in a small harbor area where there was very strong current. It was a time-consuming, painstaking process that ended just perfectly. So this story shows a bit about what tugs do and how they work with people on ships and the expertise that comes into play in some of these mostly unseen maneuvers that ships do, in this case, with the help of a tugboat. Two tugboats, actually. So the ship is coming into a small harbor in BC, aiming for a dock where we needed to tie up so the ship could take on a cargo of crushed rock headed for San Francisco. I was a guest on the ship, and the captain was a very kind man who allowed me to hang around on the bridge and watch what they were doing. So long before the ship arrived at the dock, the captain and the pilot began discussing what they were going to do. The Canadian pilot, who, by the way, was quite an interesting character. He was, I remember he was dressed in a shirt, a tie, and a blazer, and he looked quite nautical in a very classy kind of way. And he and the pilot, who was Ukrainian, spent a good deal of the trip up from Tacoma discussing the difference between Canadian and Ukrainian government policy about everything from housing to agriculture. Now, this was in the mid-2000s, well before the current war in Ukraine. But eventually, they started talking about how they were going to handle arriving at the dock, which would happen in the midst of a strong tidal current in the area near the dock. And I remember the pilot saying, Captain, we are going to do this very slowly and very carefully. And when we are done, she, the ship, is going to kiss the dock. And they proceeded to approach the dock and stop a ways away from it in the river. By this time, there were two harbor tugs standing by, one at the bow and one at the stern of the ship. And for the next hour or so, I watched the captain, the pilot, the engineering department, and the tugboats all communicating, in some cases via radio, moving the ship in small increments and snugging her up against the dock. Now, sometimes the ship was moving so slowly that I had to use a tree on the land nearby as a reference point to see that the ship was indeed moving. The water in the river where we were was rushing by the dock, and the tugboats were working hard in increments of a few degrees of correction at a time. And indeed, when they were done, she just kissed the dock gently, and crews were able to tie her up. This was to me, as a person who was standing there watching it, an astonishing example of ship handling, and something that no one ever sees except the people who are doing it and something that could not have been possible without tugboats and without all of those expert professionals knowing exactly what to do from one moment to the next. If anything had gone wrong, the ship could have quickly spun out of control under those conditions. But instead, together, they handled it to perfection. So tugs have other uses too. I'm sure I'm forgetting something here. But basically, they are powerful, maneuverable workboats. One cool thing about newer tugs is that like many modern vessels, they no longer have wheels for steering. You think of the ship's wheel. Instead, they use a joystick to steer. There's a lot to say about tugboats, and I'm a real fan. They are amazing and very useful vessels, and their crews are among the unsung heroes of the maritime industry. In fact, historically, Columbia River tugboat captains have become river pilots later in their careers because they know the river like no one else does. And that's a skill 
It is absolutely vital to safe ship piloting here. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. You'll find ship schedules and a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Ship Report podcasts also on Apple and Spotify. You'll find marine weather and links to ship schedules and more on my Ship Report Facebook page. Thanks for listening and have a great day.